Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. This podcast is about getting unstuck out of your comfort zone and changing things up, all while not taking yourself too seriously, or us either. Come laugh, get inspired, and have fun. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Meltdown City Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Allie. Today, we are so excited to have world traveler and travel blogger, Melissa Bitts, aka Traveling Bits, back with us on the show, straight from California. How's it going, Melissa? It's going great. Thanks. Happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to have you back on the show. We <laughs> missed you. you. Yeah, I missed you guys too. I actually had a little bit of a, a lull with uh, listening to you guys' episodes. And I recently caught up and I was like, oh, my friends are back. <laughs> oh, I feel the, the same way. I think that once you interview someone, you know them pretty well. And it's like, no time's passed. It's like, I can't wait to catch up and find out what's been going yeah. on. <laughs> exactly. So can you tell us, Melissa, recap in case somebody missed your last episode. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how long you've traveled for and about your recent experiences. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess it's been over a little over a year now. I decided that I wanted to quit my job and travel for six months um, just to have the experience and travel solo. So um, I ended up traveling for seven months and uh, I started in South America. I went to Ecuador and Peru and then I spent some time in Europe um, in the UK, Spain, Slovenia, Poland, Germany, the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Croatia. And then I actually went back to Peru again, cause I just couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> so that's, that's what I've been up to. Um, and then wow. I just came back home, um, in November. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Tell us a little wow. bit about each of those places and what did you, you know, what was your biggest takeaway from being gone that long and maybe Europe and South America and the differences or tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Um, well, South America was, was, uh, a lot of fun because it was just so different than anything that I was used to. Um, so I think that's part of why I love, I ended up going back to Peru because I just loved, um, kind of the challenge of the language barrier because I decided mm -hmm. to learn Spanish. I actually mm -hmm. took Spanish lessons um, during the first, I want to say, two months that I was traveling. Um, so that was really fun. And it just felt like every day was was different. Like I was always just, just like stimulated by something. Um, and then in Europe, uh, which I also loved, it was, it was so different. Um, I ended up seeing a lot more countries in Europe just because it's, you know, much smaller continent. Um, and it, it felt a lot more like America because, you know, I, I spent, um, I wanted to spend more time in East, Eastern Europe, but that didn't end up, didn't end up happening. So it, it was just a different, a different experience because things were not quite as different. And a lot of the cities seemed somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I know they're all mm -hmm. very unique, um, but it just, it was, I was traveling a lot faster in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I definitely learned that kind of staying in one place, um, one country is better because you get to know it a little bit more. And if I could do it again next time, I would have probably gone to less countries in Europe, maybe just like 
stuck to two or three maybe and mm-hmm. see more cities but mm. it was still good to have to get kind of like a taste of of uh different places nice that's amazing those are really good reflections because to me it sounded really impressive like you had con like there was you're really rattling off the countries and I was like oh my god that must have been so amazing but you know now that you talk a little bit more about it it sounds like you enjoyed kind of the you know the culture and getting to know the country and being there for a little longer yeah yeah I'm definitely I like the um the slow travel I guess is what you call it a lot better than kind of just spending a few days or a week in one place because you just you just don't get enough of it you don't you don't really absorb everything about it. Yeah, you get to know a lot of the idiosyncrasies of the culture. So that's so exactly. cool. What was the most surprising thing about traveling solo for seven months? I would say that it didn't cost as much money as I thought. <laughs> no so way, that's had, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is, definitely. Um, yeah, I had saved up, you know, I had a number... And by like the end of the fifth month, I was like, wow, I have a lot more than I expected. Um, so I just, that's why I tacked on an extra month. So I was, I was planning six months and I did seven. So that was really fantastic. <laughs> when that's I was awesome. in, yeah, when I was in Europe, I had expected to take flights everywhere to like the different countries, but then I discovered Flixbus, which is this fantastic, you know, budget bus that goes all over Europe. Um, they even have Wi-Fi, which is really nice. And uh, you could get some really amazing deals. Um, I went from Hamburg uh, uh, to Prague, which is, I think, about eight hours. And it only cost me 15 euros. And I think I booked oh it gosh. like two days. Yeah, I booked it like two days in advance. And I think you can get it cheaper if you you plan ahead even more. So um, that was really cool. I was really, really happy that I could that I could travel that way in Europe and for not very much. Can you, um, is it F L I X or F L E X F for F L yeah. F L I X flix bus. Cool. That's a mm-hmm. super awesome pointer. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you tell us for a second what you do on that eight hour bus ride from place <laughs> to place in Europe? Cause those are the yeah. times that like usually suck for people when they're traveling, but I want to know how yeah. you spent your time. Okay. Well, that's easy for me. I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo and I really, really like travel time. Like I liked being on long flights and I like road trips and I like just having time to do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I spent, I spent the majority of the time practicing Spanish. Um, I, I used a lingo and I mean, I would just get obsessed and just practice like for hours um, when I wasn't practicing my Spanish, though, I mean, podcasts and writing, like blog posts, future blog, blog posts, and mm. listening to music, I was such a happy, happy camper. Like, that's all I need. <laughs> so. That sounds that's great. Amazing. Yeah. I, lo- I <sighs> love that. I'm sort of blissing out thinking about being on a bus going from, you know, <laughs> one country to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, that like, sounds so cool. Yeah. And you can like watch out the window. You can see your landscape change and it's, it's fun to, you end up, um, if you go on a long bus ride, like I traveled from Madrid to Ljubljana in Slovenia and it was mm-hmm. like, it was an overnight trip, 
but we had a lot of stops along the way in different cities and we went through France and Italy and um, you got to spend, you know, like a half hour somewhere in some random city that you never would have seen otherwise, uh, grab something to eat and then, you know, say hello in a different language and <laughs> thank you and then hop back on your bus and keep mm-hmm. going. So I really enjoyed that. Did you meet anybody on those longer bus rides that you would stay in contact with or fellow travelers doing similar things as you? You know, I actually didn't. Um, On the buses in Europe, it seemed to be a lot more like not locals, but people who were not like it wasn't it wasn't tourists like going out to have fun. It was like families um, traveling together and they're. It was just, everyone kept to themselves, I guess. It was a little bit different. So, yeah. no, <laughs> unfortunately, didn't meet anybody, but that's okay. Because I met just plenty curious. of people in the hostels and everywhere else. Oh, cool. Cool. Are you keeping in touch with friends from different hostels? Or did you meet yes, friends along the way? I, um, <laughs> I did, which is just the coolest thing ever. I don't think I've ever been anywhere except for a travel conference where I met people and spent time with them for one or two days. And then we like became fast friends and like keep in touch, even though we don't physically live in the same area. So there was a lot of that. Um, I actually met somebody when I was in Ecuador and we had a really good conversation for, you know, one day and then they left on the next and he actually lives in London. And so I happened to be in London and we met up for, for dinner one night and got to catch up after like, you know, four months or however long it had been. So I feel like I have all these friends in different countries. It is the coolest thing. Um, travel, travel really brings people together and there's such a, a commonality that like, it's more likely that you'll make a really good friend in a hostel than, you know, anywhere else, I would say, if, mm-hmm. if you're a traveler. Yeah. So oh what God, places... Is really lingering in your mind. What place do you hold super dear to your heart? So um, there's, I would say there's two. So the the first one is definitely Arequipa, Peru, mm-hmm. because I ended up spending almost almost four months of my seven months <laughs> on the road there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I think I got there my second month on the road maybe um and then I came back at the end like I flew out of uh out of Arequipa when I came back to California so that place just feels like a second home to me um Mm -hmm. it's beautiful it's affordable the people are nice I feel super safe there's really good food everywhere the scenery is lovely there's these gorgeous volcanoes surrounding the area um there's a lot to do there and I just uh I just felt like I could just live here. <laughs> so, so yeah, that Arequipa is definitely a place that um, I think more people are learning about when they, they go to Peru. It's not like a huge tourist destination, but it's mm-hmm. definitely, it's worth it. And every person I met at the hostel I was staying at always said that they were so surprised at how much they loved it there and they wish they had more time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So definitely will always hold a special place in my heart and I'll probably go back again someday. I just can't see myself never, never visiting again. So, yeah. but 
Um, and then there was a second place that also stood out uh, in Europe, and it was Slovenia, because before I went, I knew absolutely nothing about the country. I just, mm-hmm. you know, the reason I went was because I was staying in Madrid, <clears throat> and I wasn't sure where I wanted to go next, because on this whole trip, I kind of just said, okay, what do I, where do I feel like going now? Like, I had some ideas of countries I wanted to see, but I didn't decide until like a week or a few days before I left. So, um, so I decided to find a cheaper country to visit, um, not a cheaper country, but a, a country that was a little bit more affordable outside of Spain. So I decided no on France, no on Italy, um, no on the other countries that were surrounding the area. And the first country that seemed to be affordable was Slovenia. So I just got a bus ride there and I, I went to Ljubljana and fell in love. Like it is such a magical little hidden gem. Um, mm-hmm. It's a small, a small city, but it's, it's gorgeous. And the whole country is um, green and there's lots of uh, natural beauty and they're famous for their uh, underground caves apparently, which I didn't have time to see, but um, it just seems like they have so much there and I just hadn't heard anything about the country. And um, so now uh, I, I really want to go back and see more of it. But that was like the biggest surprise to me was how cool this country was. And it hadn't even been on my list. So, yeah, that's amazing. So how are you dealing with coming home and adjusting to life in California after being gone for so long? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I would say that reverse culture shock is real. Um, (laughs) It is. It's definitely an, an adjustment. And. Um, I mean, I was able to get in my car and drive like without any problem. I didn't have to like relearn that or anything, (laughs) but I realized that I didn't like driving because I had spent so many months not having to worry about a car and being able to find public transportation really easily. And, um, I really liked that way of life a lot better than having to like always drive, you know, Mm -hmm. um, like we do in the U S so that has been something I haven't, (laughs) haven't been enjoying too much. (laughs) Um, and then I'm also being here feels like I'm here to see people and I'm not here to, to see a place anymore. So my Mm. mindset is kind of like, uh, it's just different. Like I don't wake up and think, what am I going to see today? What am I going to do today? It's like, okay, well maybe I'll visit this person, which is awesome, but it's just, it's different. It's not like you're having a new experience. You're it's like catching up and getting reacquainted with your old life. And I know that I don't want to go back to my old life and my old job. So it, it's my brain is having this like, um, what's the word? Uh, is it just like disoriented or confused? Like, yeah. It, Cause it's like, okay, when are we going to go back to work? Like we've got to do this and this and that. And it's making me feel almost like I'm being lazy <laughs> because I'm not like driving to work every day, but, um, but it's not true. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm still feeling like I'm not like, this feels like I'm in, I'm in a limbo kind of a place right now. Even and Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. I can see how that would be really unusual because you, 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 like you said, you, you're changed, right? You're a different person, yeah. but you're coming back and it feels like a lot of, you know, where you're going back to hasn't changed. 
Exactly. So that at least probably feels really odd. Yeah, definitely. And you talked about, yeah. Oh, sorry, Nicole. Go ahead. No, you, you go, you go. I was going to say, I I know that we were going to save this question till later, but I wanted to talk about her decision to not move or not to go back to her job. And how did she arrive at that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So when I initially left, I kind of had it in the back of my mind that, you know, I will probably go back to my old job because what else am I going to (laughs) do? I can't, you know, just come back and then not have a job when I'm living in the Bay area, which is of California. And it's like a very, it's one of the most expensive places in the U S like I can't just live here without a job. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of my plan to just go back and, um, while I was traveling, I realized, you know, how much stuff I don't need while I'm on the road. There's no, there's so many, so much less expenses that you have to worry about. Obviously there's no, um, you know, rental for, for an apartment or house. The hostels are much cheaper than that, but you're not, you're also not having to buy, um, you know, even cleaning supplies. You're not having to buy gas for your car. You don't have to pay insurance on, your car, um, yeah. all these little things that you don't even think about here that we're constantly having to spend for every month. You don't have to yeah. do it when you're traveling. Um, and then um, I would say about, I want to say two months ago, I started looking into remote opportunities to, to make some extra money. And I discovered that I really enjoy being a social media marketer. So I have a few, few clients and... Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm making some money, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not working that many hours, but if I were to be living in Peru per se, I could probably live off of, of that and also continue to work on my blog. So once I realized, you know, what I would need to live somewhere else versus what I would need to live in the Bay area, it was like a no brainer to pursue, um, going back and traveling more, um, and just working remotely while pursuing my blog, because I would have more time to do it. Um, then if I were to be here in the United States working, you know, at least 40 hours per week, um, in an office. So yeah, I would really like to go somewhere, um, next year in 2020. Uh, and you know, maybe somewhere in South America or Central America, um, maybe do some traveling or stay in a city for like, you know, a month or two at a time and then move on. But it's, I just think, well, I can do it. <laughs> like it just not, doesn't yeah. take as much as I thought it would. So why the heck not? Uh-huh. Dude, always- you're, <laughs> you're grabbing yeah. the digital nomad lifestyle by the balls, man. <laughs> doing it right right yeah and it it was not something I thought I would necessarily do going into the going into the trip but it just kind of like opportunity arose I took it and then I kept pursuing it and now I'm in a position where you know why not keep go run with it and if it turns out I don't like it or you know I can't do it anymore for whatever reason I could just come back and then I could get my old job or not even my old job, but my go back into my old career and, you know, that's fine. So there's really nothing to lose. That's, that's right. A, what a great discovery. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, thanks. 
What um, I'm just going to ask an aside. Are you taking on clients for any listeners out there? Are you, are you accepting clients? <laughs> yeah. So I am, what I'm mostly doing is Instagram um, management for, for um, other, other people. And then also Pinterest. So those oh, are like cool. my, main, my main ones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely taking more clients. I think you can, cool. yeah, I mean, you're really great at your own, you know, Instagram, <laughs> obviously that's great. Thank a you. perfect niche for you. That's yeah. so amazing. And I'm happy that you found something and that you were able to figure it out for yourself. Like, because I imagine, you know, it, it being daunting, being like, what am I going to do next? And now you're, and now you're like, okay, well, this is something to consider. And it's great that you can afford to live differently in other parts of the world and do that. Exactly. Which I think is really exciting. Yeah. Good for yeah, you. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm very excited. That's amazing. Super inspiring. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love that we got to talk to you like at the beginning of your trip um, months and months and yeah. months ago. And here is sort yeah. of your evolution. It's yeah. Amazing. I'm in such a different place. Yeah. <laughs> it's so tell us awesome. cool. What is your favorite thing about traveling or what's the best thing about it? Um, I would say having the freedom to do, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but having the freedom to do what I want when I want. Um, but also knowing that there's always something to look to like, look forward to. So if I'm somewhere and I'm not really feeling the area or maybe I've, I've been somewhere a while, maybe I'm getting bored. Um, I want to change a scenery. There's a certain activity that I want to do, but it's not in that city or country. I could just get up and go. Mm -hmm. So it feels like there's no routine. Like it feels there's always something coming up. And I, I just, I love that. It keeps me on my toes and excited and, um, just happy to be out there in the world and absorbing all of these new experiences. That's amazing. It sounds empowering too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. What was the hardest thing for um, you? I would say, I, well, I'll say I was really surprised that um, it wasn't, I, I didn't feel lonely. That was something that I was really worried about. Um, and I was also worried about money, but those were not issues at all. So what ended up being the hardest thing was if I got sick or if I had a medical emergency, uh, it was always kind of scary because, um, you know, I didn't necessarily know, you know, what the, what hospital I should go to or like how much it was going to cost me or if they spoke the language. It's not like I needed to go, you know, see a doctor all the time or anything like that. But once in a while, I would feel like, oh, I don't know if this is normal or I feel a little sick or, um, you know, when I was in South America, I actually had a horrible thing happen where the first two hours that I arrived in Arequipa, Peru, um, I lost my eyesight and, okay, so I, uh, I arrived in Arequipa and I was, I, I got to my hostel and I had to wait for about an hour before my bed was ready and so I was talking to another guest who, who was actually Peruvian, uh, but spoke really good English. So, you know, we, we became friends. Um, and then once my room was ready, I went to go take a nap. And I would say about, I don't know, 45 minutes later, I, I woke up and I couldn't, I just couldn't see. Like I could see colors, I guess, but it was just so blurry um, that 
there, I just, I I was legally blind. Um, so I just remember immediately thinking like, okay, I gotta go to the ER. Um, because I don't know what's going on. And I, I just went into adrenaline kicked in. I just was like, I got to take care of business. So I climbed down my bunk bed. I was like feeling the walls trying to get out of the hallway oh and into the main lobby. I could tell that people were like sitting in chairs that I didn't know who they were. <laughs> and just, scary. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh and I God. just said, <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I can't see. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, I, you know, I explained, like, I, I actually can't see at all. So the person I had talked to, the Peruvian guy, was nice enough to take, help me in a taxi and take me to a hospital. And since he's bilingual, bilingual, he was able to explain my situation um, to the, the nurses and the doctor um, and kind of got me through that first, um, that first evening of trying to figure out what was going on. Um, I had some tests done. and. Um, we basically decided that I would have to have some laser surgery. So I had to come back the next day and get that done. Um, so, and every time I had to go to the hospital, I would need someone to take me because I couldn't talk to the taxi drivers. I couldn't see where I was going. I couldn't cross the street, all that stuff. Um, so I was fortunate that, that there were people that, at the hostel that could help me um, kind of go back and forth to my appointments after that. And I, I think it took about five days for my eyesight to come back. So I, you know, I was at the mercy of others. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so crazy. Um, and yeah, after that happened, everyone was like, you need to go home. Like, this is a sign. This is, you know, you've had all the other problems in Ecuador, like your GI issues and now you're, you've gone blind. Like, um, (laughs) but I mean, I figured after that, like I had gotten that far and I'd gone through all this stuff that I could probably get through anything now. Um, yeah. It was, it was true. Like that was definitely the hardest stuff was anything medical related was always a little bit scary and up in the air, but, um, but I always got through it even with the language barrier, just figure it out. So like, I cannot believe that you had had to have laser surgery. In another I know. Country. How crazy. I, <laughs> I don't know if I trust my eyes to a foreign doctor. but yeah you did the right thing (laughs) and that must have just been so scary five yeah yeah I remember talking to you about this last time did you have anxiety while you were laying there alone by yourself in this foreign country hospital yeah I mean it wasn't um it wasn't too horrible because I I was kind of in well after the initial you know, the, uh, when I first like went into the ER, I had my, my friend from the hostel who was talking to me. So I, I felt safe because he was able to translate for me. But then the next day when I had the surgery, um, they actually let me go home. But when I got back to the hospital, I was in so much pain, like all of a sudden that I was like, I need to go back <laughs> and yeah. get something for this pain. And that was, that was horrible because yeah, I, I mean, I was just worried about, like, I I need this pain to end. <laughs> and I just yeah. all people, like, running back and forth and, like, talking to, to each other. And I can't understand what they're saying. And they're, like, you know, they start an IV and then they give me something. And I don't know what it is. And I'm, like, this isn't working. So um, and then they ended up keeping me overnight. And I was fine. 
but oh I, just, I was just like, will I get my eyesight back? Like, is, is this going to work? That was the, the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm so to- glad you recovered. Yeah. Me, me too. Oh my God. <laughs> can, can we talk you, a yeah. little bit about like the personal growth you had on this trip? Because you endured so much and then you were traveling by yourself solo, you know, as a woman too, you know, um, how, how did this affect you? Like from a personal development kind of deal? Yeah. Um, it was definitely, I I mean, I, before I left, I wasn't too worried about going, uh, traveling solo as a woman. I just felt like, Oh, well I'll just make smart decisions and look out myself and it'll be fine um but I won't go into too much detail but there was uh I did have a unpleasant encounter um with a a male and um my I temporarily lost my um security for a while I stopped feeling safe as a as a woman because mm-hmm. um someone was trying to take advantage of me when I, when I had done everything to try to be cautious and not put myself in a, you know, bad situation and still like someone was like essentially attacked me. So, um, yeah. So it, and after that I was like, okay, well now on, I guess I just have to be careful about where I go. No more. Like I'm, I don't want to go out after dark I'll have to stay in the girls rooms and hostels you know pay the extra to feel safe essentially for an all-girls dorm um wait wait are you serious yeah is is it more expensive to live to stay in a non-mixed girls area yes absolutely yeah fuck is up with that right sorry That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Something in men never have to worry about because they mm. don't care. <laughs> yeah. So I, I temporarily just felt like, okay, I'm not as free and empowered as I thought. And it really like made me angry. Um, but I, I was able to kind of gain it back. I just thought, you know, like these things happen, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I shouldn't also have the attitude that it will never happen to me because I'm smart, you know? So, um, it yeah. kind of brought me back down to like, no, this stuff does happen and, um, it could happen anywhere. And I, it, it's always going to be something to, to be concerned with and make some more decisions to avoid it, but we can't control everything that happens. So yeah, it was, it was That's sobering, true. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. did you eventually yeah. feel differently again though did you feel like you kind of got your yeah like my, and- my groove back yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it definitely you did it didn't seem like it let you let it hold you back too much though no no I would say for about a month after the after uh what happened I I just had I had fear all the time mm-hmm. kind of um and then I, you know, I talked about it with some friends. I, you know, wrote about it for myself as like therapy. And uh-huh. I was able to kind of go, no, like you don't have to be afraid of everything just because this one thing happened. Yeah. Um, and I was definitely able to feel confident and safe again. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So you Good can get, for you. you can, yeah. You can keep going after these things for sure. It, it's not going to stop me from you. Yeah. You persevered. Yeah. You had some major medical <laughs> issues. You had a, an unpleasant experience, you know, uh, and like being attacked by a man. Um, yeah. But you still, but yeah, you still like um, traveled, continued and had yeah. all these amazing experiences that, that sounds like you're totally changing your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I Melissa, I, I was reading one of your Instagram posts just the other day and um, mm-hmm. I have a real affinity for freedom and danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, <laughs> what you said, especially as a parent who has three kids and I work full time, so I don't get a lot of opportunity to do things for myself. And, but I, I keep repeating these things in my head that I miss so much about my youth and about, you know, just being single. And one of them is freedom. And you brought up, you're like, what does freedom mean to you? You kind of asked mm-hmm. your audience to think about it and talk about it. And I wanted to know if you could share what you, you know, your thoughts about freedom are, you kind of touched on it today a little bit too, but I just wanted to hear more about that idea because I think it means something very different to, to everyone. Um, and I was just really happy that you brought it up. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think freedom is, is feeling like you can make, well, not only can you make your own, decisions and make your own schedule and kind of plan to do things that you want to do and not what someone else wants to do. Um, but you're also, you're also in a position where you you feel the most comfortable, you know, mentally almost. Mm-hmm. So what I found when I was traveling solo was that being alone made me feel like I had the freedom from worrying about pleasing other people. Um, Mm. I think in that Instagram post, I had talked about how I'm a people pleaser and Uh how um, when I am with other people, if I'm in a group, if I'm staying at someone's house, I'm always going to worry about their comfort. I'm going to worry about like being in the way or, (laughs) um, you know, if we're all going out together. Yeah. Like I, I want everyone else to feel comfortable. I don't, I don't want to, be make any decision that's not something that they're they like you know even if it's to go to dinner I want someone else to choose the place because I don't you know I don't I want them to be happy and when I was traveling alone I didn't have to worry about anybody but myself so I stopped having I didn't have that anxiety of worrying about other people Mm -hmm. Um, and I think having that that mental freedom is so powerful too um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something I have to work on as an individual, like being a people pleaser and worrying about that stuff. Like I could probably work on that and make it less of a, 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 a burden on myself, but it still exists. And I think everybody probably has some kind of like mental, something that holds them back. And mm-hmm. when you, when that is gone, you feel completely free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you feel like now that you're back and having had this experience for seven months, do you think, have you experienced any less of that sort of, sort of feeling of, um, like wanting to people please? I'm a people pleaser too, Melissa, mm-hmm. but um, I am that, too. Okay. <laughs> it, we can all relate. <laughs> yeah. 
Has it changed um, a little bit since you've been home? I would say it hasn't, not really. <laughs> um, I did, it's not something I like actively worked on while I was gone. It was just something that I noticed I didn't have to worry about because it just wasn't there. Like I didn't have to yeah. worry about pleasing other people. Um, and now that I'm, I'm home, I'm, I'm actually like staying with friends and staying with family and I'm house sitting and I'm doing all this stuff. Um, and now I feel like I have to consider, you know, other people, like if I'm staying in their place, I'm going to be, you know, um, extra clean and make sure that I don't use their TV if they want to, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a position where I always have to consider others because I'm always with others and they're also helping me out. So yeah, I definitely feel less free than I did. <laughs> um, and it's certainly something that I, that I'm trying to work on is trying to stop worrying so much about what other people think because they want me comfortable too. And that's yeah. just, that's just one of the things I have to deal with with being home and um, not, not living on my own anymore. I'm no longer uh, an anonymous traveler in a hostel bed. Now I am a guest and I am a family member and a friend and, or I am a, you know, I'm servicing a client by, you know, house sitting or taking care of their dogs. So it's, it's totally different. Yeah. There's relationships there. Exactly. Um, yep. And as a mom, I was thinking, I always end up putting myself last, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm like worrying about other people first and things like that. And then when I do do something for myself, it feels selfish, you know, right. and my children <laughs> don't care. <laughs> mm, right. If, if, if they, you know, like a lot of people are like, maybe, you know, like you said, they're okay with you putting yourself first a little bit. My kids don't care. They don't want me to put myself first. They want me to be around for them. And right. that's exactly what they should feel because they're kids. And that's what you know, kids. they want their mom. Yeah. But yeah. Um, oh, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's really insightful, especially the the mental piece with the freedom and, and kind of where you're at in your mind and, yeah. and being there. You described it really well. Yeah, thank you. So do you have any um, recommendations for anybody who wants to go out there and kind of do what you did? Uh, well, I would say read my blog, travelingbits.com. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> because I, I mean, so far I've shared kind of what I've learned. I was writing about what I learned along the way. Um, but I also have, will be writing posts about everything you need to pack before, um, where you need to be mentally, like what does your mindset need to be before you go? What things do you need to consider? Um, how much it'll cost in certain countries? Because I, I think I may have mentioned this last time, but I tracked everything that I, every dollar that I spent in every country and on what, uh, or what category. So like food, medicine, lodging, activities, etc. So that uh, having all that information is really helpful because it's super overwhelming when you first think about like, oh, what would it be to travel long-term? Um, and like changing your mindset and like looking at things kind of differently. Like, for example, uh, I was really worried about losing my apartment and I was really worried about like, oh, I can't fit all my things that I want to keep in storage. And, um, you know, how am I going to keep my old life on hold while I'm gone? Like, how is this going to work? And what I learned is that you don't have to keep your old life on home. You don't on hold. You don't have to keep all of the things that you had before. 
I am so glad that I didn't stay at that apartment and, and not have this experience. Um, I'm glad I let it go. It's fine. Like there's plenty of places to live in the future if I decide to move back to the Bay Area. Um, and, you know, I don't need, I didn't need all the clothes that I saved. You know, when I was on the, when I was traveling, I had something like seven outfits total that I would like go through. And, um, you know, once in a while I would trade a shirt out or trade a dress out in another country because I wanted something different. But like, I didn't feel weird about, you know, not having a different pair of shoes every day to wear or a different outfit to wear for my Instagram photos. It didn't matter. Like you stop, you stop caring about the luxuries that you have at home once you leave. So you really have to think before you go, like what, what can I, what can I let go? It's really important. And it definitely, um, it's harder for, it can be really hard for some people. So. Yeah. yeah. But I think the trade-off is, is, is worth it. Right. Absolutely. Amazing. So worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Sally, we got to go. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Melissa, thank you so much. No, no, uh, I mean yeah. we gotta go. We gotta go on the road. Oh. Alley. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh my god, oh that's my so funny. God. Every yeah. time I talk to somebody who's traveled, I think about it and think about it. You guys are the voices that I keep inside my head, really. You know, they <laughs> they are really inspirational and just like Taking a vacation is like the first step and like even watching what I do, I just watch House Hunters International, you know, and it's just a little way for me to like yeah. be a part of it, even though I'm not leaving my house. I'm planning and thinking. So for sure. Yeah. 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 Thank really you. But maybe go ahead. We do have to oh, wrap it up, maybe. Oh, sure. I was gonna say I really do think it's it's possible for everyone, but it's all in like changing your mindset, like making some sacrifices and knowing that like your life is going to change, but it, it, it might be better than yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Have to try. It, it might be better than it was. <laughs> oh my God. I think we can't, we can't, I think we have to end on that positive note. I just want to. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was amazing. Um, Thank you so yay. much, Melissa. Yeah, so everybody go and um, check out Melissa's Instagram at uh, traveling business. Um, and also check out her blog, travelingbits.com. And you can also find her traveling bits on Facebook, doc, on Facebook as well. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for catching up with us. We are, yeah. I just loved it, every minute of it. Yeah, so did I. You. We're <laughs> yeah, going to check really back in with you again. You know that, right? In like a year. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see where I'll be. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> the fun last, part. last half of the last, six seven months we're totally you just went on a totally different tra- trajectory 2020 should be off the charts yeah absolutely yes, it should. cool Amazing. all right well, okay peace out thank you bye-bye yeah thanks. thank you melissa Take care. Okay, bye <laughs> bye thanks for tuning in today Please follow us on Instagram at Meltdown City Podcast or on Facebook at Meltdown City Podcast, or you can follow us on Twitter at Meltdown City Pod. Come check out our website, MeltdownCityPodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you listen to our podcasts. You can email us at MeltdownCityPodcast at gmail.com for any stories, suggestions, or comments, and we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening.